Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Opinions, your audio guide to thought-provoking arguments from a variety of the week's writers and thinkers. I'm Lily Loofborough, the culture editor, and today I'd like to talk about the series Sherlock and its bizarrely self-aware problem with women. Sherlock, of course, is based on Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's stories about Sherlock Holmes, a master of detection whose social skills are as bad as his brain is brilliant, and John Watson, his dutiful sidekick. In the short stories, the focus was always the mystery, the particulars of the case. But that hasn't been the case for this contemporary reimagining. Yes, Sherlock covers some cases, but the focus of the show is the relationship between Holmes and Watson, this peculiar, intense, and interdependent union. Oh, I see. You see what? I deduce we're on our way to see someone cleverer than you. Shut up. There isn't much room for women in that dynamic. The writers try to include women in a bunch of ways. It just never works. The closer Watson's wife Mary came to becoming a fleshed-out character, for example, the bigger the threat she posed to the Sherlock-Watson bond. In fact, it was becoming such a problem that Mary was more qualified than John to be Holmes' co-investigator that she had to die. This is a structural flaw that Sherlock confesses to over and over and over. In The Abominable Bride, the show offers up repeated acknowledgments of all the women the male characters and the show itself repeatedly overlook, including Mrs. Hudson. Well, I never say anything, do I? According to you, I just show people up the stairs and serve you breakfast. Well, within the narrative, that is, broadly speaking, your function. My what? Don't feel single out, Mrs. Hudson. I'm hardly in the dog one. The dog one? I'm your landlady, not a plot device. In The Six Thatchers, the villain is an elderly receptionist whose power derives from her invisibility to the big players. Maybe I can still surprise you. Then, in The Lying Detective, Mrs. Hudson's interesting past finally pays off. She exits an Aston Martin and tells the boys once and for all that she is not their housekeeper. The most recent attempt to fix Sherlock's woman problem was the shocking introduction of Euros Holmes at the end of The Lying Detective. She, it seems, is the unsuspected Holmes sibling. She is a woman, and her genius, however villainous, might match her brother's. This really is an exceptional reveal. That Euros is the supervillain is a stinging indictment of how basically uninterested we are in the show's female characters. Oh, look at him. Didn't it ever occur to you not even once that Sherlock's secret brother might just be Sherlock's secret sister? Euros was able to play three different roles without anyone realizing it because we were so focused on the feud between John Watson and Sherlock. The show is practically screaming, we have an issue with women, we know. But confessing isn't quite the same as making amends. In the past, acknowledging Holmes' selfishness and egotism didn't stop the show from reverting to it and celebrating it. There was the time Holmes texted his way through Rosie's christening, and then, of course, the time he tweeted while being exonerated for murdering someone. As far as everyone else is concerned, going to the Prime Minister and way beyond. Charles Augustus, are you tweeting? No. Well, that's what it looks like. Of course, I'm tweeting. Why would I be tweeting? Give me that. What? No. Holmes is incorrigible, and his flaws are played for laughs. Similarly, Sherlock's meditations on how completely it failed women didn't stop it from backsliding into the men it ultimately finds more interesting. That includes the villains. Even the creepy suffragists in The Abominable Bride turned out to be, in some unexplained way, Moriarty pawns. Holmes' centrality is absolute. Every fact in history, including an entire political movement about women's rights, boils down to his feud with a fellow man. 
The reason for this is partly that Sherlock is a little too in love with Holmes and has linked that love to his awfulness. It's baked in. It is also so heavily invested in Holmes's relationship with Watson that there simply isn't space for the women to whom the show pays lip service. This is a story of two men, period. And yeah, sometimes that really stinks. But is there a solution? I don't think so, and maybe there shouldn't be. Mary's inclusion was a dutiful effort to include a woman in a show that struggles to make room for them. But it isn't surprising that the effort failed. The Watson-Holmes bromance doesn't permit it, and part of me hopes the show will chase the increasing tyranny of this partnership to its grim conclusion. There's just become a bad relationship, and it was smart of the creators to write it that way. As a television series, the show has to be different from its source material. Since Arthur Conan Doyle's stories are episodic, not serial, you don't really see the building toxicity of the Watson-Holmes dynamic the way you do in the show. As for the show's women, yes, Mrs. Hudson got some great lines in here and there. And yes, Eros Holmes in some ways turned out to be the series' most fearsome villain. It was a fact, even in childhood, that Sherlock Holmes's team was tight and male, and that the only real space available to a woman, even a sister, would have to be on the opposing side. There would have been a certain poetic justice in Euros taking Holmes down. But of course the show didn't go there. This is not a show known for pulling the trigger or delivering lasting consequences. As thrilling as it was, little in the final problem made sense, except as yet another apology for how bad Sherlock is at letting the girls play too. Sherlock wouldn't play with his sister. That's Euros' origin story, loneliness. Look, given the show's past decisions, I didn't think it would let Euros' villainy exist without subordinating it to Moriarty's. And it's a credit to the show that it reversed that whole thing. Moriarty, it seems, became a tool for Euros. But instead of the great fight we were hoping for between Sherlock and his equal, it became another case of a girl just wanting to be allowed into Sherlock's club. It's nice that they're literally playing together in the end with their violins. It's a shame so many people had to die for that to happen. And that does it for this episode of 7-Minute Opinions. Look out for new episodes every Tuesday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, subscribe. Tell your friends and give us a rating or a review on iTunes. I'm Lily Loofborough, and thanks so much for listening. Music